the Dude Fox Podcast. Well, welcome to the Dude Fox Podcast. I'm Paul. He's Ronnie, and as I said last week, never in doubt. The roller coaster continues onwards to Motherwell. Join the conversation on our socials. We're at Dude Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, Hibs Review, The Good, Bad and the Ugly, Motherwell Preview, The Loan Report, The Women's Team, The Academy, Walker Football Update, Live Show News, Who Am I? And On This Day with the Arab Archive. It's all coming up in episode 189 of the Dude Fox Podcast. Hi, this is Morris Malpas and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the award-winning Dode Fox podcast with the ever-so-confident Paul McNichol. And if Harry McCurdy's a football player, there's hope for me yet, Ronnie Costello. Um, before we get to it, uh, again, it's a quarter-past three recording right after the game because from uh, friends of ours, Paul, were telling me you were going to see a Brian Adams tribute this evening. Yeah, that is, that is massively incorrect information that you've been uh, you've been handed there, Rondo. Uh, if if indeed you have been handed any information, or if you're just at your usual Costello nonsense and uh, making up malicious lies about me, but you're going no, to see that, Ryan Adams this evening. I, I'm going to see Ryan Adams this mm. evening. That is correct. That yeah. is correct. And he is not a, a Brian Adams tribute act. He is not, no. And Brian Adams is not a Ryan Adams tribute act either. So <laughs> they are two separate people with uh, nothing in common other than their surnames. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so the weekend, uh, no Saturday football for us. So we'll have a wee look back at Saturday, given the results that uh, that were flying about. Uh, when full time hit, Livingston, uh, Motherwell beat Livingston 3 0. Uh, Hearts have been beaten by St. Mern. Aberdeen had beat Kilmarnock. The Twarce Cheeks had played. But the one of most interest, importance, call it what you will, was St. Johnston 0, Ross County 2. Now, before we get on to the actual Saturday evening of things, how were you yesterday with the scores and watching games and whatever else coming in? Uh, probably the same. The same as most United fans yesterday, it was, it was just like somebody's just took the air at you when you saw the the scores coming and like Kilmarnock getting beat. I felt that that was probably likely to happen. Uh, the Ross County one that was that was in a bit of an unknown. Like I wasn't you weren't sure what you were going to get there because uh, St Johnston are no great shakes uh, this season. Let's be or or last season. Let's mm. be honest. Uh, but for them, it went to nothing. It was that was a bit of a sickener to be honest with you and. Most people of a tangerine persuasion, uh, certainly that I've conversed with over the last 24 hours or whatever, and on social media, we were uh, in a bit of a negative headspace place when it comes to United's chances of surviving on the back of results elsewhere yesterday. Uh, so hopefully today has uh, reinvigorated a lot of people's belief. Yeah, and it, it was that yesterday. I think you've seen it on, on social media as well. I mean, I think most people had went, you know, that's it. Given that at that point, we're five points behind. Um, three games to go until the split, but still yeah. mountains and mountains to climb. Obviously, people are not as confident as you were last week with what the result would be today. But then last night, uh, we were invited along to uh, the evening with Ivan Golak and Craig Brewster. Thank you very much, the longest 40 for the invite for that. Uh, and again, speaking to other Arabs, it was more of the same around tables yeah. and just chatting to people and whatever. Um, a lot of people were a wee bit down 
before that event kicked off and then obviously got a bit of a high looking back at the glory days. But it was, uh, yeah, those chats were kind of ongoing all of yesterday night. Yeah, yeah. The, the, it was, I think, for a number of reasons. Obviously, like we've had, and I kind of joked about it in that daft we column that we do on the BBC. I was like, look, oh, we, get to that. <laughs> we have cashed in our favours this season uh, up to now. Like to have not won a game since the 2nd of January, three months on, and we're still only two points behind the team in 11th place. That that in itself, like we might have been absolutely red rotten, but we've been lucky. And people will be like, like we're bottom of the league, how can you be lucky? We are lucky that we are not already relegated. That's how stinking we have been, forum-wise, if nothing else. Uh, since Goodwins came in, there's definitely been a, an improvement. Uh, you could you could make an argument for we've no really had the just rewards for the the performances that the team have been putting in, and when that Ross County result rolled in yesterday at ten to five, like most people were of the opinion that the Hibs game was a must win anyway, which brought with it a, a level of pressure. But when you're five points behind, like I think everybody would have been of the opinion that we have to win this game. Like a draw is not going to cut it. A defeat is a disaster. So the pressure on the players' shoulders going on to that park today, it must have been immense. Uh, so that was the reason for people being quite down in the dumps about our chances of survival, in my opinion, the last 24, 48 hours. Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, it was a good night last night. I took our kind of mind off it for a couple of couple of hours listening to Ivan Golak and Craig Brewster. Brilliant, brilliant. At any time that like we've been fortunate enough uh, to to share a stage, never mind just a room, but just to, to be in the same in the same company as as these guys that are United legends. Like uh, the things that they've done for the club will be spoke about uh, forever and a day. Like Brewster, a United fan as a lad growing up, rejected by the club because he liked golf, uh, going part time, getting himself a job, and then coming back to the club that he, he supported as a boy and to scoring the goal that busts the Hamden hoodoo I mean I don't know Roy the Rovers stuff really is the stuff of dreams uh, and for Golak to come in now okay like if you want to be cynical about it like we got relegated with an Ivan Golak team and we weren't that great that season either but he won the cup and that's like even when we had him on the episode when we were discussing what we'll speak about there's no point in dressing up any other way. We will be speaking entirely about the cup run because that is what he is best known for. And and he deserves that because he came in and he done something that the, the club weren't able to achieve in the previous umpteen attempts that we had at. So th these guys are legends. Uh, it's I always like when they come along to these things and they get massive round of applause. And last night there was they got their songs chanted. I even saw Brewster joining in with Ivan Golak. Punch the blue nose in the post chant. That's stuff of my dreams. <laughs> Seeing that, uh, so it's great. It's great to see these guys get celebrated. They should be celebrated more. Uh, and I would imagine with next season being like the thirtieth anniversary of that, I would like to see. I would like to see uh, a wee bit more celebrating in that team. Mm, for sure. 
Um, if you are a kind of new listener to the podcast and and what have you, uh, Craig Brewster was our guest on episode fifty two, and Ivan Golak uh, was our guest on episode ninety four. So you can go back and listen uh, to our chats with them as well. Obviously, it was a very much a ninety four loving, and if Ivan Golak was chocolate, he would absolutely eat himself. Uh, but uh, just brilliant. And again, last night you heard some other stories that he'd, you know he'd been at Wembley and stuff like that. And he always wanted to play in England, and then we got into the game, and obviously some of the stories are kind of we've heard but hearing them and putting wee bits on them and getting a wee bit from like Ivan would tell a story and then Craig wouldn't be add his bit into it so it was it was a great evening it was a really good evening uh, lots of money flying about the room as well when the auction got underway <laughs> no no, our table like, no. I think I'm, I'm the lightweight and I think I was only in drinking alcohol <laughs> you boys were on the juice you boys were on the juice and uh, then they, they wanted to try and shake we doing for the auction that, that, that was absolutely Nothing ever going to get bought for your table. Uh, well, I'll tell you about that because so I was going to work, so that's how I was there, um, having a drink. Uh, trap door was with us. Uh, he is he's training for an Ironman or something. He tells you because he's he, he took an apple to the match today. Didn't even have a pen ball. He took an apple, but on, uh, the wheels will be coming off because we've got a works do uh, next Thursday that I believe is uh, the words free, to cider. free and bar. So Stick to cider, there's apples in that. <laughs> and uh, Martin, I think, is just trying to avoid being in the doghouse, given Martin's Saturday nights are legendary on this podcast. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so it was it, it was a great night. And again, once again, thank you very much to Longest 40 for the invite. Uh, you've alluded to the column, Paul, that we write uh-huh. on a Tuesday uh, for the BBC now, uh, every week they get written, you can uh, we take turn we take a week about, and it, it's very different to what's going on. So we didn't have one last week, so Paul was picking up this week to write uh, with a bit, obviously looking back and obviously ahead to the to, to the game. Now, I'm just going to set this up. Paul texts me saying this week column is a beezer, but I'll be interested to see what makes it, <laughs> and then on Tuesday. Uh, he then informed me at least three paragraphs had been removed and I think Paul's maybe going to allude to what's in those three paragraphs and you can make you can maybe make your own mind up of why they didn't make publication yeah well like the premise behind this is they've they've said to, they asked me and Ron like if we can take turns doing a, just a, a daft wee article it started as 150 words that they wanted I think Ronnie sticks sticks to that pretty much I get carried away I stick to rules Paul this is the problem yeah, you stick to rules I get carried away I have submitted three essays to them in the last six weeks uh, but but yeah so and they've also said look you can speak about anything you want anything United related that you want obviously within reason but they didn't put their words within reason in the I'd original with, email and without slander <laughs> Well, was was that mentioned? Was that mentioned? I don't know, I can't. But anyway, like what I will do is, if you if you need to, if you want to read it, go on the BBC Dundee United website and you'll find it there. It's a big lot of shite. But the first two paragraphs that I put, and they didn't publish them. Last time out for United, we succumbed to Curtis Main channeling his inner Jacques Cousteau to steal a penalty and a point at Tannadice. And this week, it was Malik Tillman's turn to attempt to con a referee with a dive that would have likely pipped Greg Luganis to one of his gold medals. Now, Rondo, before I go on, I had to research these boys' names because I thought these were these boys were like world-class, world-renowned divers. So I done a wee bit of research on my article. And and do you want to tell them where you wrote the article? 
I wrote it in a car in a Tesco car park. <laughs> so I was fizzing. I was fizzing. And then I went on. At least this time, Bozo the Clown wasn't one of the VAR officials, so no penalty was conceded. But let's not shy away from the facts here. Players will do almost anything to win fouls, penalties, or games. And by anything, I mean cheat. And then, obviously, that got sent in, and none of that has made the website for whatever reason. Um, uh, you, you're, you're talking about slander. I just think <laughs> I was being honest. Have you got the last two paragraphs that you wrote there? Because it'll lead, quite, it'll lead into the game today. And the last two paragraphs were, we welcome hips to Tanadice next Sunday, Easter Sunday no less, the time of year when children roll chocolate eggs and Christians mark the resurrection of Jesus. It's all very apt. A defeat and United may keep rolling towards the championship. A win and you just never know. Against all odds, the miracle of surviving may very well happen. So, here we are now, after the game today... And the miracle might be on, you know. It's, it's still possible. <laughs> it's still possible. So how, given how you felt at full time yesterday at the games going round, how did you feel? Um, although we will look at the game, but how? what was the relief like when that full time whistle went today? Oh, it was magic. It was absolutely magic. Uh, it was, it kind of had just been me, like, but it was nerve-wracking. Never, and I said that I said that when we were watching the St Mirren game as well. Like we took the lead in that game, and I felt that the players then kind of went back into their shell a wee bit, and like understandably, like because I'm going into my shell. I'm like a I'm like a turtle when I'm watching United these days. Like as soon as we get in the lead, which is great, I just you start thinking, all right, we kinda kinda lose this. We hate hold on, and uh, so the relief at the end was. Ah, it was class when, when McGrath scored the penalty which was never in doubt in my mind because he's very very good at penalties uh, oh, I could have burst out greeting like what what football does to you it's like we, we say roller coaster an awful lot on this podcast but it really is <laughs> it really is like even in the game and we'll get to touching on the game but we've had a chance to go 2 nothing up and within about 30 seconds they go in and it's one all and you're just sitting there stony silence just thinking oh, I can't believe this this is this is happening again uh, so to, to then get to the end of the game and you, you've won and probably deservedly so uh, the relief even though we're still two points off the bottom like that's but then at the start of this morning that was the best that we could have got so to get the best that you could have got it was it was a bonus like because I think that the, the, the team's performance merited it uh, it would have been an affy, affy disappointing kick in the buzz if we had to come away we only a point in that game today so mm. absolutely delighted at the final whistle yeah and uh, they were obviously on a bad run we mentioned that last week and you, your confidence was uh, preceding everyone uh, yeah. going into the game but they, they are on a bad run but the kind of joke that we've always made is who do you want to be facing me on a bad run you want to be facing mm. United but um, a brilliant start you know I think it was a bit was it eight minutes in or something? Stephen Fletcher, great header. What, what about two minutes in? Nisbet should score. Should score, yeah. Probably should, should score. Should score. he saved that. Mm -hmm. So as much as he deserves criticism for the howlers that he's been a part of, uh, whether, it, whether it was luck or no, whether the buzz just hit him, I didn't care. It hit him and it didn't go in and it went right past the post. Are but you, if you're a Hibs fan looking at that, he should have scored. Are you telling me who keepers allow to use his feet to save the bar 
it didn't actually I think it come off his cuff <laughs> and as I say it might just have hit him he just might have been in the right place at the right time and yeah that's probably half of the goalkeeping uh, lives uh, but he, he kept it he saved one and that would have been a horrific start if we had been one doing after like 90 seconds yeah it would have been uh, but like I say on 8 minutes as he's BS doing the line great ball in and Stephen Fletcher the man you want in the end of that in the box 1-0 yep yep it was, a, it was a good move great cross great header uh, it was just a good goal all round uh, and a good celebration he's quite fa- he's quite fond of running up to the crowd and just just stopping like Jesus no less on the cross oh, wow. on this day of all days oh wow uh, celebrate as well next club I wasn't sure if he would but he went he was happy for it that's for sure of course he was and he, and, he, and, he, and he put in a great shift all game as well mm. delighted for him yeah yeah and he was um, I'm pretty sure uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Bart says to you last night see if Stephen Fletcher touches that man bun once more <laughs> Man, I mean, you can, you can. We shouldn't be commenting on anybody's jealous. man bun. Just jealous. We, we, here, we will get to somebody's here. I have no doubt that that will come up in the course of discussing this match. <laughs> but like, we're no, we're no harassing Fletcher. He's man bun. It's just it's jealousy. It's jealousy. Absolutely. Um, great start to the game there. Uh, also saw a brilliant start, by the way. Right, Steve Fletcher's thirty-six years old. Right, mm-hmm. he was up against two centre halves with a combined age of thirty-eight. <laughs> and he bossed them with them hopeless put it that way yeah yeah Jukenny nah, and, was... and then played for Manchester City in the Premier League yeah what in the number 26 the boy he was not thought so I'm pretty sure Vincent Company went in a Burnley saw him in three games this season and went nah off you pop son yeah the you will not do for the me the two of them are not good they are not no, good no I mean I, I didn't I, I said it last week United have got their own problems. We're not a great Oof. side, clearly, clearly. But Hibs, like we, maybe I'm looking at it through tangerine tinted peepers. But I honestly think we should have had nine points for them this season. Eh? And mm. again, we've took seven, and Christ, <laughs> that's quite a large portion of our actual points haul. But uh, we really should have had. We should have beat them three times. Mm. We should. They're just. They're just not a good team uh, at all, in my opinion. Yeah. They, they sit in sixth position in the in the table. Yeah, yeah. I thought uh, even in the first half, <coughs> obviously the majority of the game, you know, they had a lot of the ball, but I, I didn't feel either team done a lot with it. You know, there was no. nothing. I mean, comfortable though. Yeah, and apart from that, Berrigan save that you'd never knew nothing about, nothing today. Yeah. But the same, nothing. He had the David Defend, defended. Really. I thought we defended very well. Very, very. Uh, well. Yeah, yeah. There, there was maybe a couple of moments of panic in the back line. There was one where. Like it was Aina that was dealing with it, but the bar just seemed, it seemed to float like a balloon. It just wouldn't have come down in time for him to just either toe up the part, knee it, clear ahead of it. It just seemed to float. Uh, but apart from that, now nah, like I thought, I thought we defended very, very well. The boy Newell for Hibs, he is a walking red card every single time we play them, and rarely gets booked. I don't know what he's got today. He pulled two our boys back in about the space of three minutes today, and they book him. Now, if you do that once, that's a book in it, as far as I'm aware, with the laws of the game. But nah, he's uh, he's unbookable for some reason. Ersholo, a boy. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, there was a lot of first half. You know, we never maintained possession for all too long, but we looked dangerous on the counter. 
Yeah, we had we had a we had a couple of chances. There was a couple of buzz that were fizzed across the box that we were just a wee bit what a wee bit short of. What about when Bergie took the back there and you thought he's gonna play it to Beach and he played to the right hand side and it was like Aina was on the halfway line. It was incredible yeah. scenes. Yeah. But he gets oh, forward, I'm, eh? He's he does I'm, I'm I'm loving that guy, yeah. I really am. And I know there was a lot of criticism when he mm. came in, but none of it, as far as I'm aware, was aimed at him. No. It was more aimed at the fact that there was fifteen minutes to go in the transfer window and this boy's been signed, and then you've told me that you've watched him, and then a quick a quick Google search confirms that, well, that's probably unlikely to have happened because he's only played about three minutes of a game. Uh, but you can't fault the boy. He came in, and straight off the bat, he was fairly rash. Uh, like he obviously got sent off in a game. But he's been outstanding the last few weeks. Uh, like you really, really can't fault him. He's... He's added something. He's added steel. He's added aggression. He's added pace, power. Uh, he's added a lot of positives to our backline. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, say, he's he's kept his place a lot. He's played on, I mean, on merit. Well, there was the day, you know, Ryan Edwards out, Charlie Mulgrew back in. You know, yeah. went to a back yeah. four as well, though. I mean, we did go to a back <laughs> four. <laughs> well, that's right. So, so, uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Half time, Martin comes up, and I was like, like we were speaking about the game. And uh, we're mate Martin, he just sits about eight rows in front of me. Uh, and we always hear a wee blather at half time. And he came up and we were speaking away and we were like, look, we kind of agreed, we're happy with we, we how it's going. I was like, it's, it was interesting. I went to be a back four as well. He was like, back four? It's not a back four. I was like, it's definitely a back I said, it's a 4-1-4-1, four, one, four, one, I think. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, nah, it's not. It's a back three. I was like, are you kidding me? I says, well, and then he was like, no, no. He says, McMahon... Uh, Mulgrew and Aina are, I was like McMahon's left back Sheep's right back uh, but Beach is left I was like Beach isn't have been near his inbox Beach is left midfield today but now nah, he, he was adamant eh? he was like I'm going dude I'm going to ask baby shed what, what she thinks and then I'll either be I'll either get a four finger salute or a three finger salute and then I got the, I got the four and then a one finger salute after it so uh, he, for some reason he was telling you it was a four one four one Ah, is that what it was? That's what it was, right? Okay, yeah. it was a strange finger to to offer up the for the one though. Yeah, it was well, uh, no, that I never picked. Well, I mean, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, no, it was a, it was a big change though, a big change to the system. And I, I, again, I think it worked. I, I think it worked. It frustrated them. I, I think. I mean, I've ju- I've literally just seen a conversation on Twitter where. Um, that people are obviously discussing the game and that, that's why I mean. everyone likes to discuss the games everyone's got different views on the games how players played and whatever else I think we can go and say that um, Kai Fallenham had quite a tough half you know I'm not saying he's done mm-hmm. anything wrong but he struggled to maybe get in it keep hold of the balls a couple of things that bounced off him and stuff and what have you you know Kieran Freeman I thought admirably went up against the boy Yuan who I think he was shite scared after the first challenge when the boy went through him but for to no get a foul by the way and the uh, first was it the first half mm. when he just barges in them, like yeah. just bar- how that went against him, I've no idea. I've yeah, absolutely well. no idea. Um, so the, the, <sighs> there was obviously that in there, and then um, people were on about uh, like Jamie McGrath was quite poor and stuff like that, and pe- and then people would say he was good. I thought McGrath was quite good today, but there was a stat thrown out for Alan Temple right in the sixty fifth minute. Jamie McGrath won possession 14 times the day. Because I, I, I just think you've seen him do a bit more of the, no dirty work, but the winning the ball back, well, that he's maybe no known for, if you know what I'm saying. 
yeah. you know everyone yeah. was getting mean to do both sides of the game the defend the attack and the good and the bad type thing mm. no absolutely and I, and I think what we're seeing since since Jim Goodwin's came in is that you're getting that like you, we've no sat here for the last umpteen weeks and, and faulted the players efforts faulted their application at all like you you can't because the proof is in the pudding like they are knocking their pan in and that's how performances in my opinion have improved because they look like they want it now like we've left it late in the season to start doing all this but uh, we have started doing it there's there's no doubt about that we're seeing we're seeing a different side to some of the players and as for Kai Kai's just a young guy like he's he's probably when he was at Stirling or when he's in the academy team probably just focusing on his strengths and saying look this is you get the bat and run it boys that's that's not going to cut it in first team level though especially in our position he's going to hit a work forwards and backwards uh, and he's going to come up against some boys that are a lot stronger than him boys that are quicker than him maybe boys that are more intelligent than him uh, my only my only disappointment with Kai is that he's no you see it with a lot of boys you know you, you watch them in the academy and they're in, they're in age group and they get the ban they're, they're just top boys on all the time one example would be Miller Thompson watching him in the academy games. He's, he's class. Like he just wants to skin boys all the time. But I do wonder if he actually gets a chance in the first team. Will he kind of go into shallow wee bit or will that be encouraged? And I, and I feel it's it's kind of similar a wee bit with Kai. He's, he's, putting, he's no shirking. I'm not saying he's no he's, he's learning on the job, basically, Rondo. Yeah. And it's in, a, it's in a massively high-pressured situation that he's learning on the job. Uh, but I just want to see him get the ball and run it, boys, because, again, he's capable of doing it. Mm. Uh, overall then half time quite happy with where we were yeah yeah one nothing up uh, but I get not really much to do the defence coping no bother Hibs had probably missed the possession I would think but as I say there was nothing that was really really worrying or troubling us uh, and now and again we were looking dangerous ish on the break so no one nothing up it was it was it was all right. It was all right. My slight concern was uh, we were here with the uh, St. Mern game. You know, it felt very, very similar. Like they had a lot of possession, but we were one up. They weren't really doing much with it. But I would imagine everybody we a United scarf on at the game the day was thinking we need a second. We need a second goal. Uh, so that was probably that was probably my thoughts at halftime. Quite happy with this, but we need a second goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I kind of thought. I mean, at times it wasn't pretty to watch, but I thought we were effective. Like you say, we were defending well. Uh, we were a threat on the counter, and that was kind of really pleasing. That it looked like we could get forward, and you could see it, and especially like uh, going forward a wee bit. But you could see it like in the second half. They were obviously pushing and pushing and pushing, but the times you would get up and we could have an out ball to Sadat once he came on and stuff and try and stretch the game. And it was kind of one of them that uh, there was one point the ball went away for him a little bit and I could see the fans going can run the boy in it's yeah, like yeah. he's got three boys around him I thought that's ah, no bad but the bar just kept coming you're thinking this is how we need here eh? we, we've seen these movies before but again yeah. the second half I thought was very similar to the first half you know they were going to hit a lot of the ball um, it was what they were going to do with it and then what we were going to do once we found the possession back I thought there was a hell of a lot of stoppages you know, the day, I mean, yeah. there's boys doing me head knocks that were never head knocks. Well, they're in in front of you, Nisbet. I think, never. I think the, bar, the bar hit him in the face or something. Nature's. And he's went in. 
He's went down like that you've been up in the then in the sniper's pit. Then <laughs> he got up and got tell you to go off and moaned. Uh, well, did I go down greeting for man? He was a greeting fish get the day, he really was. Begging for stuff. Oh begging for stuff. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. We need to talk about their goal. All our work undone. Yeah. By getting caught on the cross. Uh, it was a it was a shite goal, it was obviously, and I'm and I'm sure that nobody nobody that was involved in it needs to help that. Uh, but I, was it no just on the back of us having a great chance? Because before their goal, Fletcher's had a chance and he should bury it. And he's near hit me. I can't wait and then, what I come up with. And then it was almost identical again. Beach, well, was excellent. Uh, he's cut the bar back and it's fell to Niskanen. And you're just wanting him to smash at him. And again, it's nearly hit me. And then it must have been about half a minute later, they go up the park, the score, and it was very, very deflating. Like, from my point of view, certainly, the, the crowd still got behind behind the team. Like, they were still singing and whatever. And quite upbeat around around about me, but you were like when we were spurning good chances, and then they go and equalise. You just thought like goals change games. What what is about to happen here? Uh, and I thought that guy, I thought he caused some bother when he came on uh, the big lump that he is. But the actual goal itself, what a shite goal to lose! Yeah. I mean, it should have been easily dealt with. It should have just been headered clear or even a challenge for a header with the boy and then it probably would have been and then I can cleared a wee bit or trickled back to the keeper but to just completely misjudge it to be caught under the bar and then the boys just smashed it and I think, think I hit the, the the bar and and then went in but it was a it was a bitter blow it really was it's a coincidence that two boys try to attack you at the day with the bar but we'll just leave it at that Mm. Uh, also right before that um, Ayina had a brilliant uh, block as well uh, I think mm-hmm. it was Nesbitt was trying to get on a card and it was a brilliant block but again like you say that then led um, there was a chance and then obviously they went and scored but it was with 20 minutes to go it was affy affy frustrating yeah. because again yeah. you went through being on that high thinking we have gave ourselves a chance here to a draw is probably not good enough here where no, well, that was it. Like a draw, a draw wouldn't have been good enough today, in my opinion, Rondo. Like we, the, the the pressure was on. Like we had to win, we had to win. So to get clawed back to one all with twenty minutes left, and as I say, like games games are changed by goals being scored, and you just at that point you just didn't. You thought, can we could collapse here? They could go and nick another in. or or we might nick another in. Uh, so well, there are uh, a couple for, of chances. Nisbet had the free kick at the bar. Yeah. Yeah, hit the bar. And then I can't. Was it a save? Was it touched on at the bar? I thought I hit the bar. Um, yeah. <clears> and then uh, Kukarevic's header was didn't go any place. Um, and no. then obviously, I think Ewan had a chance. I kind of mind that saying it went past, or he didn't have got on the end of it. But it was they were they were mm-hmm. they were starting to get closer and closer to the goal. Were you troubling the goalie? If you came what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. Well, but, but he, he didn't. The, the hill duration of the game, Barragat has no had that much to do. He's had a couple of saves. The one in the second minute that we've spoke about, I think it maybe just hit him. I don't care how much he can about that, but he saved it. And then there was maybe a couple in the, the second half that trickled into him that he should be saving. Mm. So like we, we've def- we've defended very well in the main. We've made one big mistake and we were absolutely punished for it. Yeah. And then at the death... Not the death. The ball comes in, Fletcher cuts across the defender. I'm thinking, just get your big toe on it or something. Yep, he was just smart. Just smarter than the other boy. 
goes down. So the VAR screen obviously trickles on a purple here, and I'm thinking, never, no chance. You know what gave it? The reaction for the Hibs fan, if the Hibs players, they knew it was penalty. They oh, knew it was a definite penalty. Like, ah, but did they check it? Everything gets checked. Everything would right, have got okay. checked, yeah. No, it was a stonewaller, and like you saw that, was it through back to the boy or passed back to him? Either way, like you've seen it was kind of, it was into them, it wasn't a too firm and it wasn't a too soft, it was going to get to him. But Fletcher was just switched on and he thought, nah, I'm just going to nick, nick in here first. And it's in of them, like if you're the defender, you're absolutely cursing yourself because it's not even like a tackle you've made, it's just a clearance and the boy's got there before you. And he's, he's Fletcher's been smart enough to enable himself to get wiped out. And well, as far as I was aware, it was an absolute bricker or a penalty. Never in doubt and Jamie McGrath stepped up? Never, never in doubt. Never in doubt. I was hoping he would take it. And uh, I, th- I think he is our penalty taker when he's on the park now. I think I think seemingly when he came in, he wanted to be the penalty taker. And Fletcher was like, nah, I'm penalty taker. You could, if I miss it, then you can go on the penalties. And unfortunately, he missed it and didn't kill you, did he? Mm. Uh, so McGrath, ah, he's excellent with penalties. Never, ever in doubt. Yeah, that's five in a, five in a row. Or he's like, it's six in a row, I think he's now scored. Um uh, Jamie McGrath, which was amazing. Obviously, at the deaths in the 90th minute, six minutes of time added yeah. on, given everything mm-hmm. that was going on. And it was, um, we never like to make things easy. No, we and, don't. And no. when that bar come forward, the only thing I kept saying was, keep her, keep her, keep her, keep her. Because I thought Berrigate should have been out to get it, female group. Because I, I think it's there to get, because of how, for where I was seeing it. And then the bar goes out wide, and I'm thinking, oh, and no. And then that wallop bar, the boy Fish, well, Fish supper me, like, swings his bit and it hits the side net. And, um, yeah. Wow. Well, there was one, obviously, ah, that was happening doing the other end of the park for me, but there was one where McMahon and Barragetti seemed like they were going to square go with each other at the end. Of it, and I'm not sure if it was the keeper should have come or he I was saying McMahon should have. So that the McMahon same McMahon gets end, right? injured. Uh, He's do, he goes doing after that. I think that's yeah. the same. Thing. I would, I would, I'd hate to see that again. I've not <laughs> seen it. I only saw it like a hundred ten years of affairs, and ah, uh, like Ersholl was twitching at that point. But uh, other other things in that, and in, in, I hadn't seen what happened in injury time. Like to that and that, good. like there's something there we him There's promise. There's pace. <laughs> that's again what he was when he got the bar. I'm thinking uh, Abdi was screaming at him run into the corner run into the corner with it mark it a foot race because if the boy's as fast as you fair play him but I don't think he is plus he's been on our game so he's bound to be more knackered than you are but he didn't he held up he made an air shot and then they broke and then away the next, and I got it they broke away and then the next time he got the bar again and it was it was exactly the same I'm like just run it to the corner or tack him on and go for goal something and he's trying to play a pass to Sibold was burst in a gut to get into a position and he marks another air shot like his his awareness of what was going on in the in, in the game at that stage was utterly abysmal but again he's just a guy that's got potential he's learning on the job but Rondo could have choked him I could have choked him when he'd done that twice I was like once I'm going to let you off with twice are you a hips fan but luckily luckily nothing came up uh, but hopefully there's a lesson to be learned there I'm sure Mr Goodwin will pull him aside and say here next time or two on it in 93rd minute with three minutes still left mm. use your pace and run to that thing in the corner with a flag on it yep. 
That uh, should be the the advice. Comment when I got in the car after that, and I was I went to drive home. Uh, Lee Johnson was getting interviewed, and then he went back to the to it was Michael, Hill one. He 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 come out with something today. Um, well, they said that he should have had a point minimum, but I think he said we well, were better technically this week than we were last week. I think that was the phrase he used. They got, but but they got a bit last week and Correct. this week. Correct. Okay, so it went back to to Tanadice, and it was uh, Michael Stewart and Stephen Thompson, and Michael Stewart said. Harry McCurdy's like playing with a man down. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Uh, and I said that I wouldn't slag anybody's hair because we're not in any position to slag anybody's hair. Beer ever. But what, what that is an abomination, Rondo. Like if you're blessed to be a full head of hair, why do you do that to yourself? Eh? There's so many different styles that the, the laddie could choose and he and he does that to himself. But that's by the by. Uh I, I I've never seen him do anything. I think he hit a bar against us. At Easter Road, he's, and I think that's he's I think that's it. He's no good. He's no good for he's, he, I just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know again what they see in him. Don't get me wrong. Like when they were making subbies, I was delighted his number was not on the board. Uh, I was like, please, please keep him on because he is thinking. Uh, maybe maybe he's just had three bad games against you. Know, I don't know, but I've never really seen him do anything good. And if you're saying boys on the radio that watch them a lot more than me are saying he's like a man doing then, that would tend to suggest that he is fairly hopeless. The thing is as well, I was I, I was quite I was, I was quite annoyed because it was a Hibs chat, but I'd obviously missed the United chat. I'd missed Goodwin had been on and stuff, so it was Lee Johnston and then they were talking about Hibs and they were just like, oh, he's not good enough, they're not good enough, and you're still thinking, ah, but they're sixth up. Like, I'd love to be that shite and be sixth up right now. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and listen, Going into the game today, I mean, like yesterday and seeing the results and whatever, again, it just gives what another chance. It keeps yeah. just floating about, getting a win, which has to be a massive boost because you're going to face some other world team next week that are in good form, playing well. Yeah. You know, they're scoring goals, they're not conceding loads. Um, but again, we, we might get that. Get a bit. I mean, I know that Jim Goodwin's coming and said draws are naked. A draw away for him, probably that a draw, giving us Livy the following week. But we just hopefully it just gives the positives, gives a wee bit of you know, kick up the earth if maybe needed. Look, we can win games, and can what we could win backs to the wall. No dirty, that's the wrong phrase, but can no being scared to play a bit of football as well. And we see one on the counter. Like I was like, this is this is no bad. Like we've been. Desperate for a bit. I mean, when like like Aenis playing at the centre centre spot, I'm thinking brilliant. But it just it just geese with something, you know. Boys are throwing their, you know, let it out of your cock for I care if you keep it. Out. I don't care. Scotland won right. two crosses a day. Come on, you know. <laughs> then, Hero. He, then he had a shot. I was ready to press the button, and it was like a pure daisy cutter. I was like, oh, oh it was garbage. Desperate to it play was this garbage. Tune. It um, was piss poor. <laughs> but I think you could see, you know, boys at the end. I know Hart's nearly made a, an absolute null hunt of it and then he come up, but I generally thought he was starting to breathe heavily at that point. He, he, you know what? He gets he gets a lot of criticism. He put in a power of work today. Mm, huge. Uh, a, lot of it, a lot of it unseen, a lot of it dirty work. Like, uh, like I was saying there, like, I saw that, um, the thing there about Jamie McGrath. I thought Jamie McGrath done 
the side of the game we've we didn't see them doing, like the winning the challenges, you know, getting them getting fouls, you know, these kind of things, you know. And so, uh, God said to me the day as well, see if Jim McGrath just had just a wee burst of pace, a wee bit more of a burst of pace, he'd be an absolute outstanding football. But he's a very very good football player. But yeah. that just that, but he's so clever. Like when he took the ball in the day and just went between the two boys, two of them are looking at each other like, as he went, like he was there a minute ago. So yeah, things like that. But I, I generally thought it ten of them. It, it was never. It was. It wasn't a pretty as it, as it went on either. But overall, it's a it's a massive, massive three points that just given where we were at full time yesterday. Man of the match for me, it was Aina. Or, or Sibbald was good as well, I thought, as was Beach, uh, McMahon. Like the, there was there was a number of good performances, but I've got I've got a wee thing going for Aina just now. I think I think the lad he's excellent. Uh I really do. And he's 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 just getting better and better every game. And he's he, well, I think he's probably improving those around him as well when he's playing. So yeah, for today alone, then I think that that's who I would give it to. I know Fletcher picked up at the game. Uh, and I mean, you couldn't argue about that either. He's he's ruined the two young boys that were trying to mark him. He's got on the end or the the first goal, and he's kind of created the second end. So it's very hard to say that he wasn't the man of the match. But for me, I thought Aina was excellent again. Yeah. And to to touch on your point about like the players hopefully getting a lift like it, I don't know. I, I could assume that it must be quite frustrating for them to be putting in better performances that they have been. Maybe Ibrox aside, but that like we I, I was Nakun. That game was Nakun because we were never getting anything for that game. But to be putting in better performances with the new manager and still not really getting the results, like that, it, it maybe plays on your mind. You maybe lack a wee bit of belief. You might still doubt. Are we doing the right things here? But to but to continue putting in that sort of performance and to get your just rewards of a deserved victory today, hopefully, hopefully that's a springboard for them and like we can go to Motherwell which is not going to be an easy game next week they would give Brazil 1970 team again in the forum that they're in just now mm. uh, but we can only hope at this point like we're seeing signs we're seeing signs that are positive we're seeing things that are that are happening in the team that just were there's no that weren't happening they were missing they were missing under the previous manager uh, and we're starting to see something that it's it's easy to get behind and it's easy to support. And we just hey, I hope that the players keep believing, believing in, in the gaffer and uh, delivering the performances that they have been and and also getting better as well. You know, like if you if you keep playing that way, the harder you work, the luckier you'll get. Uh as some famous golfer once said. Uh and yeah, like <laughs> what what a ride it is for in United because like we said it at the start of this episode, like a lot of people were very, very despondent on the back of us no playing yesterday and other results going our way, uh, not going our way, sorry. And then we're going, we get a deserved win against Hibs. We're still two points behind uh, Ross County, I get that, but kind of gives you a wee bit of hope again, a wee bit of belief that we can somehow, some way get out of this. And a first one in 12. As well, which is an incredible start when you when you look at we can't we cannot take another twelve games to get our next one. No, we cannot. That cannot happen. It cannot. Uh, one win, two draws, and two defeats under uh, Jim Goodwin. Now, 
Uh, but yeah, Stephen Fletcher uh, starting things off. Obviously got made the second uh, as his BHF boys had their finishing boots. Could have three assists as well, uh, which would have been brilliant. But uh, yeah, a massive, massive win. Um, I'm assuming you weren't too impressed with David Monroe's performance as the man in the middle, given he obviously forgot his yellow cards for some players. Yeah, there was there was a few. There was a few times like that. Newell, I'm always on to him when he, when United play Hibs because he just seems to get away with murder. Like we niggly fouls or or really nastier fouls, he just he always gets away with them. I mean, a couple of seasons ago, he absolutely volleyed somebody for United, and it was any of them where the bar was coming over his head. And I mean, in fairness to him, he didn't really see the boy, but he's volleyed him. And that okay, we got the foul, but that was it. He should have been off. It's just I don't know. Some players just seem a to get away with things that other players just didn't. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, at, at least there, there wasn't any controversies. There was an incident in the first half where, where I, I was absolutely certain that Kai Fotheringham had handled the bar. I think it was a corner to them and he was coming, he was just running out the box with it and I don't know if it struck his hand or no, but I thought, oh no. <laughs> I think, it felt like Abdi in the stadium felt the same and Kai kind of slowed doing his run to the bar I think he can't it, it clipped his hand or whatever but like the, I just kept looking at the referee for the next three or four minutes while the bar stayed in play and anytime I seen him put his finger at his ear to adjust that bloody earpiece I was like oh no what they saying no, what they saying no. but nothing came up so ah, there, there was there was no real major controversies uh, which suited us suited, suited me down to the ground and a massive massive victory today yeah, all roads lead to uh, Motherwell next week. Uh, they beat Livingston 3 0 yesterday. And since Wraith Rovers pumped him out the Scottish Cup in February, it's five wins a draw and a defeat uh, for them. So a real upturn in fortunes for them. It's going to be tough. Uh, we also had the draw there uh, earlier in the season. That was a game that, again, wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination, but at the time, it gave us a point on the road and stopped uh, a pretty piss poor run at that point. Uh, shock. Yes. Um, well, that I, was Liam Fox was the manager. You were in the BBC uh, studios that day. You was, came to the game because yep. you were in the neighbourhood. You came to the game with your the, mate Tom. In the hood. In the hood. Yep. Uh, Saku was in the goal. He saved a penalty. Yep. Uh, it was never a penalty as far as I'm aware. Was I can't mind the ref. I can't mind the ref that was... The ref for that game, but I'm, sh I'm sure it was any of these wee rats that's done with dirty a Craig couple of Napier. times already. Craig Napier, there you go, the very definition of wee rat. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't the best performance, but as you say, I'm pretty sure that that was was that not Liam Fox's second game? I think the first game was away to Livingston, Livingston we won Cup. in the cup, yep. and then we went there and we got nothing's up. And you thought, mm, okay, we've maybe studied the ship here, which obviously. Uh, I think the weather just turned for that particular ship and then it got, got off a rocky again further down the, further along the journey. But it's, yeah, we've we've already said it, it's no going to be an easy game. It really is now. Like Motherwell are flying. I think they've won three of the last four at home alone. Uh, it's it's not going to be easy. Would you take a point before it? Yes. <sighs> It depends, doesn't it? Like I think Ross County are playing on Friday night this week. So again, before we kick off, we will know. Yeah. So Ross County are uh, at home to Aberdeen and Kilmarnock yeah. on Sunday are at home to Celtic. Right, okay. So I'm assuming, and I could be wrong, but I really hope I'm not. I'm assuming Celtic are winning against Kilmarnock. Mm -hmm. 
I think most people would assume that. Yep. Aberdeen, they're definitely on an upturn. I don't care about their away record, but their away record prior to this wee upturn was fairly mince. Uh, and Ross County, well, they've been digging out a couple of results recently, have they? So mm-hmm. th- that one, that's a bit of an unknown for me. I'm not really sure what way that's going. Well, the big thing is for Aberdeen, they've won five in a row. You know, that's the one well, six out of seven. The only game to six. Yeah, they, they, I mean, they beat Aberdeen away, they beat St. Johnston away for him, they beat us obviously away for him, they got beat for Celtic, but the run has been very good. I mean, I would expect no less than an Aberdeen win there, really. You know? I hope so, Rondo, I um, really do. And then the the following weeks, because I was actually looking at this earlier on, the final split, pre-split fixtures, what I'm trying to say, is Hearts face Ross County. <sighs> And Kilmarnock go to St Mirren the day we host Livingston. Okay, well, look, to look to look further into the future, then you can, I could definitely see a scenario where Kelly didn't pick up a point, and oh, I just didn't know where Ross County. Yeah, I, I just no, didn't I, know. No, 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 I think the phrase is I didn't get my heart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there'll, yeah, be, there'll be planes getting flew again soon for well, him. Of course, Nielsen, Nielsen. But then, you know what? Like, I, I, I think I'd say to you privately, and I'd, say, I'd certainly say to a few boys, I think Hearts had finished comfortably third this season, probably same again next season, and the fans would be raging that it's no good enough for one them out. But like, they might even blow third this season. Yeah. Like, and on, on that budget, that is a disgrace. <laughs> so, like, you mark your bid. you got to learn it, Mr. Nielsen. Get up, yeah. <laughs> Podcast pal and all that, but hey ho, get up, yeah. Indeed. Yeah, here we we've just we've just got to do what we can do, uh, and of course, of course, you look at the other games and you want favourable results, but ultimately we have to do ourselves a favour. We've had an awful lot of favours this season. We now have to start creating more. Absolutely right. Time for your good, bad, and the ugly this week. How is it looking well, for you? Well, it was kind of thrown together. It, it was in your intro. You went, and we'll have this, we'll have that, we'll have the good, bad, the ugly. I thought, oh, I've not done that yet. So, like, it's very, very short and sweet. The good rondo is we won. That is the good this week. That- we won, we played well, we scored two goals. Why needs clean sheets when you score two goals? Nebdy. So, we won. That was the good. The bad. I like him as a player, Kevin Nisbet. I like him as a player. I didn't appreciate how much of a cheat he was. Greeting fish, cheat. Ade. Ade, he's pulling my jersey. He hit me with the bar. Get up and get on with it, you funny. And the ugly. McCurdy. That's it. Hair, oversized top, undersized shorts, burn socks, one Sebastian Veron's old fucking knee bandage. And I didn't care if he puts his bits on the right feet or not. But that was pretty ugly the day what I seen at Tanadice. Indeed. Um, uh, just a very, very quick one uh, that was a rumour mill, looks like, as uh, their talks have begun for a new contract for Kai Fotheringham uh, for this, which again, on basically he's learning on the job as it is, has come in. You know, had a really good start of the loan report, you would say, the first half of the season's come in. To his yep. one his best <laughs> performance today. But again, I think it would be uh, a player... I would like to see more of going forward uh, in the next yeah. season as well and he can only build on that and that gives gives him another couple of years or whatever else to, to see him grow because again he's still a young lad 
Of course, yeah. Now that I, I would imagine for the dosh that he would, I would imagine he'll get a wage increase because he's now a first team squad player. Uh, yeah, I, I would be of a mind to keep him around. Definitely, like uh, it's an easy decision for me. I'm, I'm clearly not buying his wages, but for me, it's an easy decision to try and tie him up for at least another couple of years. Yeah, and I just want to mention, uh, I've seen uh, Young Elch was on the park uh, before the gates now opened, doing some training as well, so it was good to see that. Oh, nice one. Uh, today. Nice one. So, seems to be on his way back. Obviously, nothing this season, given he was technically on loan still, but it uh, looks like he is on the way back. And It's a big summer for a lot of players, and especially a lot of the names that are about to come up as well in the loan report. Yes. Okay, so Malone report this week. Again, we'll start with Tony Watt at St Mirren. He started uh, St Mirren's match through at Tynecastle yesterday and he played for 75 minutes. His socks were at his ankles and he helped his side to a 2-0 win. Declan Glass at Cove Rangers sat on his arse the whole match down in Hamilton in a match where his boss Paul Hartley used his five subs. What a waste of time. Chris Mochry at Dunfermline. Continuing with recent weeks, Mochrey would have to make do with a spot on the bench to begin this week's derby game away to Falkirk. He'd get on for the last 11 minutes of the match and it would finish 2-all. Leighton Bisland at Peterhead. Leighton would start his side's match on Saturday as FC Edinburgh made the long trek up to Peterhead. It would be a lively opening spell for him as his side took the lead and he would pick up a yellow card. He'd get 67 minutes of the match before being withdrawn and his Peterhead side would rack up a rare victory. Adam Hutchison and Finn Robson at Forfa. Adam Hutchison would miss out on Saturday, due to injury, I think, but Finn started this match as Forfa headed for Stranraer. It sounds like a fairly stinking match, and it ended nil-nil, but Finn did get the whole match. Flynn Duffy at Stirling Albion. It would be back onto the bench last midweek for Flynn, only getting the last nine minutes as his side beat Elgin 1-0. And when Saturday came around, he would again be sat on the sidelines as East Fife were the visitors to Fourth Bank. This time, however, he'd have to make do with sitting on his backside for the whole game. The match finished 2-all. Rory Adams at Galaferradine Rovers. The penultimate home game of the season brought 17th place Gretna 2008 to Netherdale, a team a long way away from the level Gretna were when they reached the Scottish Cup final. Being back fit, Ruri started the game, seeing a lot of the ball as Gretna pressed hard against the Gala defence with a lot of long balls. While Gala mostly looked to build from the back, it was a long ball from Ruri which went to fellow low-knee Okalai, who was able to turn the Gretna defence and slot the ball past the Gretna keeper. Half-time, 1-0. Gala were still in the ascendancy at the start of the second half and doubled their lead with a looping header from a corner. This seemed to kick Gretna into action as they had a number of chances the best of which was an inswinger from the edge of the box that Ruri was able to tip over the bar. With Gretna pushing forward, this left gaps in their defence, and Gala would hit their bar and the Gretna keeper pulled off a spectacular save. Gala had the last word though. With Ruri collecting a loose ball, he quickly found the left winger with a sharp pass on the halfway line, who got up to the byline before making a cross which Okalai met for his second. Final score, 3-0. A result made all the better, by the team being able to parade their East of Scotland City Cup that they won two weeks ago. Jacob Comerford at Cumbernauld Colts. Jacob had to do had to make do with a seat on the bench for the whole 90 minutes as his side played open goal Broomhill. I took the huff and I didn't know what the final score was. 
Logan Chalmers at Tranmere Rovers. Another game, another sub-appearance for Logan this past weekend. This time he was away to Carlisle, and by the time he was introduced into the game, in the 54th minute, his side were 2-0 down. He couldn't do anything to change that, and that is the way the match would finish. Carl Johan Eriksson. Are you sitting tight, Rondo? Carl Johan Eriksson got a full 90 minutes this past midweek as he was selected for his side's Danish Cup match against Aarhus Freemad. His side would win 4-1 and book their place into the semi-finals. Scenes. Are we going to the semi-final, Rondo? Yes. Let's make it so. The United B team. It would be an off-a-young reserve team that would take to Gussie Park when Hamilton came for a visit last Tuesday. In fairness to the Ackes, it looked a right young Hamilton team too. It was a very comfortable 90 minutes for the Terrors though, as they pretty much controlled the whole game and never really looked like they'd lose the match. United went in at the break with a one-goal lead, courtesy of a Stuart Heenan header from about a yard out, and it was no less than they deserved. Ten minutes after the restart, and Hamilton got the spawniest of goals to get themselves back level. A low ball into the box was cut out by Aaron Donald, but it then trickled past the helpless Rudy Adams in goals. one all. That didn't knock United out of their stride, though, and they were still the better team, creating a number of chances, and they'd get back in front just a few minutes later after good play by Mwangi and O'Donnell would set up Bisland for the cross. Heenan would rise highest in the box. His header came back off the post, but Craig Moore was on hand to smash the rebound into the back of the net. 2-1. That's the way it would stay until the end, and as I said at the start, it was a very comfortable afternoon. I was actually able to watch this game, and there were good performances all over the park, with Adam Hutchison, Finn Robson, and Miller-Thompson all looking good. The women's team. There's no game this week, but they did have a friendly midweek where they played St. Johnston. That game was see the return of Lauren Perry from a long-term injury, as she managed the full 90 minutes between the sticks. For what it's worth, the side won 3-2 on the night. And I believe that their next game is still a couple of weeks off as there's no game this week due to, I think it's the internationals and then the week after that, it's the cup semi. So they'll have to wait a couple of weeks for another game. Yeah, uh, all good. Uh, thank you very much, Steve Ross, for providing us an update. The walking football, the over 50s were in the Glasgow Cup. The over 60s were at the Orium in the East Region League for 2023 uh, the Glasgow Life Trophy Cup took place on Sunday 2nd of April at Tory Glen uh, for the over 50s Gavin Gowans Derek Bruff Gordon Ferguson Andy Elwood Gary Smith Scott Petrie and Jim McIntosh making up the team uh, that saw the team head through to Glasgow for the round of games in the Glasgow Cup the first round of games was the five team league and after a poor start we lost 4-0 to Gifnick we then drew 1-0 with Grangetown then had a 5-0 win against Glen Buck to put us back in contention with games to be played the team kept at it ground at a 0-0 draw against Willits uh, where we thought we had scored twice in the penalty spot but the ref thought differently and chalked them both off no getting a decision in Glasgow shocker you sure about that? that's the, that's Tory Glenn we're mentioning there Paul then uh, you got lost near there after a Tory Glenn <laughs> Tory Glenn this is a, this is something did happen around about there Rondo and I thought that you would you would press me on it last week because it was when I was at the Scotland and Spain game and I went through as I'd mentioned and uh, it was myself Martin and the, the kids and after the game I was going to be picking up the old man 
he was coming back home with us. So I told him, I said, look, I've parked right next to Palma D Fire Station, which is closer to you than it is to me because I'm in the south stand, you're in the north stand. It's like a 10-minute walk. You walk down this road, straight road, as if you're walking towards uh, the motorway. You go down the side of Asda. Can't miss it. So anyway, we all know that Scotland pumped the Spanish and me and the wee man and Martin and that are walking back to the car. Old man phones me. I'm about halfway back to the car. And uh, I was like, right, where are you? He's like, I'm just, just at Asda. I was like, right, cool. I says, you're about two or three minutes behind me then. I says, you want me to just wait here? I'm just at the, there's like a fork in the road. There's a golf garage. I says, when you get to the golf garage, then I go left, go right. Just follow the road there as if you're walking towards the motorway. As I've said, just look at the pin location that I've sent you. Palma D fire station. Canna go wrong. You're two minutes behind me. No bother. Then I wait on us. So I make my way back to the to the car. So about 10 minutes has passed, and I thought, right, I wonder what the old man is like. Maybe he's maybe he's hanging about, he's just around the corner or something. He's he's not really sure. So phone calls made. All right, Dad, where are you? I'm 14 minutes away. I was like, oh, right, fair dues. How are you 14 minutes away? He said, I'm just following my phone. I was like, okay. But you were two minutes behind us, two or three minutes behind us, like 10 minutes ago. How are you now? 14 minutes away. I said, ah, Dad, then I can. I'm following my phone. I was like, right, okay, I'll no move. I'll no move. You get here, hopefully in 14 minutes. 15 minutes later, there is a phone call made for the old man to my phone. I was like, right, Dad, are you, are you just outside the fire station? I'm 26 minutes away. Uh, so, like, I'll, the story will be cut short for the, so that I didn't throw in every swear word that I said. I was like, how, how did you manage to get 26 minutes away? Now, at this point, Rondo, I'm sitting in a car almost getting into the flow of traffic that I'd been waiting for 15 minutes to try and get into. And I didn't care where he was. He said, I've sent you, I've sent you the coordinates. I was like, what do, you, what do you mean you've sent us a coordinate? I've sent you the postcode. Right, so we're quickly typing the postcode into SatNav. He's on Glasgow Street, which at this point, I wasn't exactly sure where it was, but I knew that it was a massive street. It's like five miles long or something. Like I was like, right, okay. So I then had to go into the flow of traffic. I had, I had a decision to make. Do I go left or do I go right? Because I really didn't care where he is. So I went left, and as soon as I went left, I can't. Satnav was basically giving his middle finger and saying, you should have went right, you prick. So I, I says to the old man, look, you hang off the phone, there's police out of the place. I'm holding my phone. I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't be on the phone driving, even though I'm going about nay miles an hour here. I says, Satnav tells me I'll get you in 10 minutes. So about 10 minutes later, he phones, where are you? I says, I have not moved an inch. I'm still sitting in traffic. What are you? And then he, he kind of went a wee bit further into depth. He was like, I'm at a sportsman's bar on Glasgow Street. I was like, right, that helps massively. Like, at least I can get the exact location for, for where you are now. So sportsman's bar, put it in. And there's a couple of different ways that you can get to there. I thought, no, I'm going to go this way. Which just meant, whatever way I went, it was traffic. It was absolutely mobbed. But looking at it, like he was two and a half miles away. For, for where I was. So again, I lost my shit. I was like, Dad, see when you were 14 minutes away and it went to 15 and then it went to 16 and then it went to 17 minutes. How did you not think I'm going the wrong way? How did you allow it to go to 26 minutes and two and a half miles before you thought, I'm going the wrong way here? 
And then he just he just stopped. And uh, the words almost came out my mouth. Look, I'm stuck in traffic. You walk to me. And then I thought better. I thought, no, I don't want him to move. Christ knows where he'll end up. He'll end up in Uddingston or something. He'll be lodging with the Udi Arab. So it took another half an hour, I would say, easy to get through the traffic at one mile an hour to get to him, two and a half miles away. And he blamed his phone. He blamed me. Blamed Abdi but himself. Uh, so once we got him, we were happy that we got him, but then there was a bit of a lull in the car. It was a bit of silence. And then the old man pipes up, it's quite hot tonight, eh? And Martin says, you're quite hot, no wonder you've walked for miles. And that was that. Like, the Burns were absolutely beside themselves. I, I pushed in my car. It was hilarious. But the old man is now banned for, for the automobile. He's never getting a lift time again for Hamden. He is never getting asked for directions anywhere. He's absolutely blew it. Absolutely blew it. So Paul told me the story on Wednesday night, including the swear words, and it was it was funny. And it was funny again to hear it. Apologies to the walk in football, but as soon as I see Tory Glenn, I had to mention it. Like I had to had to mention it. <laughs> we'll mention Davy Hanna in a minute as well. Um so anyway, the boys uh in the over fifties uh, the last league game, they got a deserved 2-0 win against Air United, which gave them a very credible tally of eight points from the group games. The hope for them qualifying for the knockout stages meant we were relying on Glenn Buck doing us a favour against Grangetown, which, were not, in all honesty, wasn't going to happen. So we didn't make the knockout stages despite some good performances and quite a few goals. As always, next year. Walker Football Scotland over 60s league. We're off to the Orium on the 5th of April. Uh, Dave Beatty, Derek Bruff, Doug Thompson, Steve Ross, Frank Ward, Gary Smith and Alan Durno. The first of four rounds this year at the Orium, which is a fantastic venue. So five rounds of games. We sat out the first two and then had three games on the bounce, which was good as we got to watch two of the teams that we'd be playing today. Uh, first was Tweed Vale. We kept the pressure on Tweedvale from the start as they had played two games prior to this game with no break. We were awarded a penalty for a penalty box infringement but it was disallowed according to the ref. The approach was not within the rules. They're a stickler for rules, these refs, aren't they? They are. The pressure no, paid no, off no, no me. <laughs> the pressure paid off though a series of moves saw Gary Smith score to put DUCT in front keeping them on the back foot saw more shots but sadly no more goals. The game ended 1-0 to the good guys. Aloha were never going to be pushovers. It was again played at Aloha. Uh, the game gave up uh, chances at both ends. A great ball at the feet of Gary Smith with back to goal. He rolled to his right, scored from outside the box with a left-footed shot. Not long after, Aloha scored to draw level. It remained that way until the end. So that finished one all. And the final game of the day saw a positive end to it all as we won 1-0 against Bray. Head. A fantastic start to the league season with us sitting joint top second on goal difference. Thanks as always to Steve for sending through the update. David Hanna, Paul. Another funny story. So myself and Rondo were at the, the Golak in Brewster night last night, as we've mentioned. And uh, the handsome Alan Fisher comes over and he was speaking to speaking her. And he was, he was one of these guys that were like, I can't believe the scores are there, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody came over and kind of, no rudely interrupted, but kind of interrupted and took him just to the side for a wee minute just to say whatever, shook his hand and then and then headed off. And then the fish came back to him and went, that boy just said, nice to meet you, Davy Hanna. <laughs> so the, the fish was uh, mistaken for Davy Hanna, who is about, what, 
All right, what do we reckon? About seven years younger than him or something? Well, Dave Johannes 49, and you said the fish was at least 60, and I thought that was hard. No, I never said the fish was 60. Come on now. You said I he said he's a, nearer he 60 said, than 50. He said you were a lot closer to 60 than he was 50. Well, that 56 <laughs> is a lot closer to 60. <laughs> but but yeah, uh, so Dave Johannes. Unbelievable! That was uh, ah, that was that was class. <laughs> and somebody, somebody, uh, somebody called to me last night. And says, "Do you come my arm?" And I said, "That's usually Paul that's saying that to people." But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get into this. Who am I? So after last week's debacle. Um, in which I've been called out on more than one occasion for again not getting it correct or getting close to it that's fine I'm two points ahead but Paul can take a three point lead I see it no your clues now I already gave Paul a clue last night and I said I'm, I'm giving him as a bonus that clue I gave Paul last night was he was a player Five clues as always. Get it right in the first one, you get five points. Second clue, four points. Third clue, three points. Fourth clue, two points. And if you need a sound alike clue, <laughs> when Brogan, Brogan clamours <laughs> returned last week. <laughs> uh, and again, he only played for nine managers and not ten. Anyway. <laughs> Are Rules. you ready? Yeah, well, we'll just, well, we just go straight to clue three because usually the first two are honkers. It's up to you. <laughs> Go for it Go for it Clue number one I think you'll get it this week I think it's pretty easy Oh you think that every week No, no, no you do I tell you guys No you genuinely say that every week Over this player's two spells with United Oh two massive spells Massive clue Massive wow. clue He made 50 appearances Scoring 11 goals Spells. No, I can't think of anybody other than Davy Hanna. But I'm pretty sure he played more than 50 games. What the fuck? Yeah, well, just because just because he's in my head. 50 appearances, 11 goals, two spells. I just googled David Hanna and it just came up Professor David Hanna PhD. I don't think it's the same guy. Nah, it's absolutely not. Are you going for Davy Hanna? Daviana. <laughs> of course it's wrong. I think Daviana made like a hundred node appearances. Probably. <laughs> uh, clue number two. He's been around the houses, so to speak. He's also played for some other Scottish teams, including Clydebank, Dumbarton, Dunfermline, and Falkirk, to name a few. Owen Coyle? Well, you can either counter or you could commit to your answers. It's I'm just going on Coyle. Right. Well, I'm going to let this ride out because I like this. <laughs> like Owen Coyle, I did a kind of Owen Coyle was there twice though. Or I don't think he played 50 games either actually, now that I think about it. I maybe should have kept my powder dry. <laughs> Clue number Countdown fascination. Rachel Riley here on a Sunday. What are you going for? Oh, and Coyle. So I've got 
Correct. Oh, and Coyle. He did play. He played for us twice. Yeah. That sticks in my mind, but <laughs> that sticks in my mind. But what? When did he play for us twice? Then uh, he come back under Ian McCall. Come off the bench four times. Oh, he, right, because he was there when Kirkwood. Right, I'm delighted. You're not delighted. We, we I'm, not, I'm guess, not delighted because the actual best clues are clue three and clue four. But <laughs> anyway, well, continue. Clue three. After initially turning down a move to United. He finally okay. signed and made a scoring debut against St. Johnston, scoring against Alan Main. The visitors team that day also included John McQuillan, Alan Preston, Danny Griffin and John O'Neill. Wouldn't have got it for that. Clue four. The arrival of new players limited his appearances in the 96-97 season and in January 97 he moved to Motherwell in a swap deal with Jamie Dolan and £75,000. Yeah. 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 And clue number five, his team have made a complete null hunt of it in the championship. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure. I think it was me that had Jamie Dolan as one of these who am I's, and I used that as a clue as well. But uh, yeah, well, we moved on clue three. So... Yeah, I'm delighted with that. United win the day, and I get four points. Cuatro puntos. Paul is now yes. two points ahead. <laughs> what a weekend thank well. you Jesus <laughs> I love Easter anyway you've got a live show update for us yeah sadly sadly uh, the six guests that we had lined up is only now going to be five guests uh, Paul Strick cannot make it his he's fine uh, it's not a worry about Willoughby himself but he's he's got a personal matter to attend to his wife is going in for an operation on the Friday before the show so he, he can't actually make it up to Dundee that weekend uh, which I mean we it's it's a blow clearly we've still got five absolute heroes that, that we can speak to and we will speak to and it'll, it'll still be a good night we'll make sure of that but it's obviously a blow not to have Loggy there he's uh He's definitely a hero of mine. <laughs> He'll be a hero of Rondo's as well, no doubt. Uh, we have tried to get other people in to, to fill the void that, that Luggy's left, but it's just it's just not happened. We've, we've not had the, the take-up. People are not really wanting to do it. They're not keen on it. So, unfortunately, it's just going to be Heggy, Holty, Hamish, Supermo, and Boney. And us to our dicks. Correct. Um... Yeah, uh, that that is it, it's something that Paul's been Paul Sturrock has been working on for the last couple of weeks to try and make other arrangements or try and get his wife to move the operation, which I thought was fair play of. But uh, yeah, it's just one of these things. But he is uh, very keen uh, to come and do uh, an event with us. So down the yeah. line, we'll hopefully make that happen is of course a completely sold out show on Sunday the 14th of May as we celebrate and look back at our greatest day 40 years ago should be a lot of fun as always don't buy for fannies on Facebook that claim they've got tickets to sell if you can't go or this news has said I'm not going because RD was hard to pull was to our dicks and now Luggy's not going DM us on any of our socials. We can get your ticket shifted on if if you so be want to do that. Uh, but yeah, that was the live show news, and it's only like six weeks away now. Five weeks. Five away. six weeks. Yeah, yeah, can't something be, like that. Can't be that far away, but yeah, really, really looking forward to that one. 
Uh, right on this day, final bit of business for today. Uh, in association with the Arab Archive, Seven History, Dundee United Football Club since 2006. I told Paul this, right? I wrote this uh, yesterday, no, Friday night. And then I opened up uh, the notes to change the one thing in it, and I hadn't saved. So I had to redo the whole thing yesterday. It was raging. I've got one game, but no less than five birthdays to tell you about the day. Our oh. single game is from 2018. Strap yourself in. Manager Shaba Laszlo made four changes to the starting lineup after the 3 2 defeat. To Dumbarton. Oh, I was at that game. You you didn't see us win down there, did you? No, three times, three defeats. Unbelievable record they've got down there. Um, Dennis Mehmet, Mark Dunnan, Grant Gillespie, and Thomas Mickelson came at the start lineup. Harry Lewis, Tam Scobie, Matty Smith, and suspended Scott McDonald dropping out. St Man only required a draw to confirm they would be 2017-18 Championship League champions. And a large and boisterous away support of over 2,000 fans made the journey from Paisley in the hope that their team would get the point they needed. United were in dire need of a win after a recent poor set of results had meant they qualifying for the Championship playoffs, which looked almost certain a few weeks earlier, was suddenly beginning to look at risk. If confidence was low among United ranks, the players alleviated that in the best possible way by taking the lead in the third minute of the game. Now, I'm going to mention some names here, and you just need to stay with it, right? Paul McMullen stole in in front of Liam Smith on the United left and played the ball across the box to Billy King, who steered the ball into the net past St Mirren goalie Craig Sampson to give United an unlikely lead. It stayed that way until half-time and then United had the best chance to seal the points after 75 minutes. Billy King had wriggled clear of the St Mirren defence. He passed the ball through to Sam Stanton. He found himself one-on-one -on -one with Samson, but the St Mirren goalie was able to make a strong save to thwart the United player. The final whistle blew to confirm United's victory, which was their first home win since the 2nd of January. It also meant that St Mirren would have to wait at least a few more days to have their title confirmed. It had been a vastly improved performance from United, arguably their best in the season, although it was tempered uh, by the question of how different the season could have been had the level of performance been evident during the preceding few months. Brutal part of the season that was. A horrible, horrible season as well. Yeah. Um, birthdays today. First up, a French defender who made 57 appearances for United, before going off to play beach soccer as part of the French team alongside Eric Cantona in a tournament in Thailand in 2001. Bernard Pasquale is 56 today. Yep. Happy birthday, Bernard. Next up, a man who made 236 appearances scoring nine goals in no less than four different spells with United. An angry man. An angry, angry man. Here's a fun fact. A Dode Fox fact. No, a real fact. He was sent off in both his first and last appearance for the club. Willow Flood is 38 today. 38? He's been retired for about four years. 38. Hmm. I can obviously remember that it was the Livingston game, wasn't it, when he got sent off mm. the last one, but I can't remember. He 
sent off at the first game. Yep, sent off in his debut. Yep, what a dumb one. Mm-hmm. Our third player was a product of the youth system at Tanadice. He was a Scotland under 16 international. He eventually went on to be uh, all the international levels and played under 21. At the time of his United first team debut, he was the youngest player ever to turn out in the SPL. He made 39 appearances for the club. His only two goals came in a 4-2 win versus Aberdeen, in which it was 3-2 us after just 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. Greg Cameron yep. is 35 today. Yep. Did he not introduce himself to you at the Fairmere Clubby? I think you might be right, actually. Ah, I think I am right. I think you might be right. Uh, I can't mind what night we were there at, because we've been there a few times may, now. But may have had a few sherbets out there, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, a current player uh, next, and a man who has made 127 appearances, scoring four goals, including a world of hearts. Will we see him play for the club again? Who knows? Liam Smith is 27 today. Happy birthday, Liam. I have saved the best for last. Okay, your your nose just grew at least three inches there. Is this boy a haddie? An ex under twenty one international. He was signed to complete a midfield dream team with <laughs> Adam Barton <laughs> in two thousand and eighteen. <laughs> After a change uh-huh. in manager, he was on the pitch for literally a minute against Inverness Cali Thistle and Robbie Nielsen went, I don't think so, pal. You are rotten. Christoph Rabic turns 27 today. Now, I'll repeat yeah. that. 27 he is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Rubbish. Hopeless. Christoph Rubbish. Oh, I think you I think you pronounced his surname wrong there, Rondo. It's a rubbish. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't a good. Eh? I remember the first time I saw him. I, th- I thought he's he's carrying an injury. Like, he can't run. But no, that was just the way he run. Like they, he was injured. They two playing <laughs> behind Sam Stanton and hey, Sam Stanton's day and I had. You're like you two hopeless. But that's how the old man loved him. That's how the old man loved Sam Stanton. He done the work of three men. Sam Stanton and Ken Directions. <laughs> Probably better than the old man <laughs> Anyway All roads lead to Motherwell next week And as we said earlier Against all odds The miracle surviving May very, very well happen We're at Dode Fox Podcast On social media Do have a great week Stay safe And don't forget to wash your hands And your arsehole mm-hmm.